You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners where you learn the business side of running a group practice. I'm your host, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is a practice management and EHR software that helps behavioral health professionals manage their practice with confidence and efficiency. I've been using Therapy Notes in my own group practice for about five or six years now, and they're hands down amazing. They've got a scheduling and to-do list that is so easy to look at, a notes template that is amazing and exactly what you need, billing that has accurate reports that you can use, credit card processing system, a client portal that's constantly being updated, security, and tech support that is amazing. You can call and actually talk to someone right away. If you're looking for an EHR that can give you everything you need to run your group practice smoothly, try Therapy Notes out by going to www.therapynotes.com forward slash the group practice exchange, and you'll get two free months to try them out. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange podcast. And I have Uriah Guilford that probably almost everyone that listens knows on with me today. And as you guys know, he's really the VA tech online sort of guru. So we're going to be talking today about, and I'm going to, of course, butcher the, the nice topic <laughs> that you <laughs> labeled, but best software tools to use in your group practice. Did I say that right? Sounds perfect to me. <laughs> you're allowed to you're allowed to edit me if you need to. <laughs> um, yeah. So, as most of you guys know, URI is really the go to for a lot of these um, different technologies and gadgets to use to better your practice. I feel like you're the person that does all of this research. And when people ask, you're like, try Quip, try this, try that. So, um, I'm really excited to have you on. Um, so, tell people. I mean, obviously, I think most people will know who you are, but tell them about what you have going on, the several businesses that you have and <laughs> how that's going to benefit us today. Yes. So I'm a fellow group practice owner uh, and I have a group practice in Northern California called Guilford Family Counseling. And then my second business is The Productive Therapist and we provide world-class virtual assistance to world-changing therapists. That's our new tagline. And Dr. what's up? Yes. <laughs> and we, I'm definitely... My strengths are in the areas of technology, marketing, software, systems, all those fun things. So I love combining those and try to just stick with the software tools I'm using and not change them too much, right? I know, right? I'm sure there's so many things. <laughs> it's true. Right. So what, what is the first topic um, that we're going to look through in terms of, of gadgets? So one thing I don't want to happen is I don't want people to be overwhelmed by this because it can be a difficult topic. I was thinking about it probably about 20 or 30 years ago. In order to have a private practice, all you needed was an office with a couch and a chair and a yellow pages ad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and maybe like a, a, a phone, right? Yeah. Oh, a landline phone. <laughs> I was going to say a landline. <laughs> exactly. I actually counted how many software tools that I use to currently run just my group practice. And I stopped at 15. Oh my right? God. I, so, <laughs> I want to know. But I here's the thing. Here's the thing I think I want to, people to know is that you don't need a lot of software. You just need, there's some that are critical, probably about four or five. Maybe we can figure out between the two of us which ones those are. And then the other ones are optional if you want to do certain other things. So, yeah. All right. Let's start with the ones we think are the n not optional ones. 
the mission critical software tools. I Ooh, think fancy, fancy. Yes, mission, mission critical. critical. <laughs> I think I've got mission statements on the mind or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so that mission uh, was that? Wait, that's a mission statement that you were just saying, right? Or was that your tagline? Tagline. Yes. Yes. What did you yes. Say? I, I really liked it. it. Was catchy. World world class virtual assistants for world changing therapists. Got it. I yeah. Bet. You're taking the, we were talking about this before we started recording, but you're taking Donald Miller's mission statement course, right? Yes. That's fantastic. Yeah. So for those of you that don't yet have a mission statement or have a shitty one, (laughs) or you have a tagline, like you were saying, a lot of people have taglines when really, or have, think they have mission statements, but they're really taglines. Um, Maybe that course is something to look into. So quick quick tip, a tagline is outward-facing that you use for marketing, and a mission statement is inward-facing to inspire your team. That's what I learned. Yay. Yeah. So mission-critical tools. Yeah, it's a good one. It's helpful. So a couple of things that everybody needs to have. The two that I end up talking to therapists and practice owners about the most are their phone system and their EHR. So those are two prerequisites for us as a virtual assistant company working with a group practice. And so EHR, phone system, I would also add accounting software if we're just talking software, right? And then what else would you put on that list, do you think? Um, I think EHR is definitely the most important one. And I'm surprised when there's group practice owners today that are still not using an EHR or our paper and pen people. So I'll agree with you on that. And the phones, I would say yes. Accounting, I would say yes. Um, For me, I don't know that this is a mission critical thing, but um, something like um, Google, uh, oh my gosh, G Suite, whatever they call it now. I know they keep Mm -hmm. changing a little bit, but some kind of space that's HIPAA compliant that you can drop documents into, that you can make spreadsheets, that you can share things in our office. Um, I mean, G Suite specifically has has so many things from, you know, making their version of PowerPoints and Excel sheets to documents to even like drawings. I use their little drawing um, app or uh, program inside of there to kind of make um, our workflow and things like that some you know some visual so I'll, I'll say something like that I, I couldn't live without micro practice is that google sketch or something like that it's called google drawing drawing okay mm-hmm. nice yeah. yeah i was thinking g suite too um, because that certainly makes it possible to do a lot of things virtually mm-hmm. um, even if you're working from home and your admin is in the office whatever the arrangement is that is hugely helpful and then the fifth one i would add would be some sort of software to run your website right because yeah. everybody yeah i know it's one you don't think about right Everybody needs a website, and um, so you got to pick something for that. Yeah. So those are the five that I think would be, if you just stop there, you could have a successful group practice, right? I agree. Yeah. Everything else just um, can help with automation and streamlining, um, maybe making things more organized or done more quickly. Right. Uh, definitely those five are probably the, the only things you really need to have to, at minimum, be successful. So one thing that could be helpful to talk about if you want to is the sort of top recommendations for those critical software options because there are a lot of choices out there. And making me so nervous. What's that? <laughs> giving the 
specifically with the mission critical, giving our opinions on what's best. I feel like if the if <laughs> smiling, those of you guys can't see you smiling, so he knows where I'm going with this. Um, but as many of you know, if you look in any therapist-centered Facebook group, mm-hmm. the most uh, one of the topics that has the most like division in it is which EHR is the best. And I think especially <laughs> with group practice owners, because there's so many different needs um, and yeah. practices are all run so differently where one, you know, might need the billing piece to be top notch and reports to be top notch where others might be private pay, but really need a, the best scheduler. Um, it makes me so nervous. To be, <laughs> I, I always steer clear from uh, giving major opinions on things. So I'm like, obviously there's everyone's got an opinion on this, but let's go. We'll we're, I'm going to take, I'm going to jump into my anxiety right now and talk about my so opinions and your opinions. Maybe in the future, it'd be fun to do like a showdown episode where you're like team therapy notes and I'm team simple practice. True, we are on. And we could just say, well, this is what I like about simple practice. And you could say, yeah, but therapy notes, I think that would be interesting. Actually, it would be because those are the two that I think get the most. They they, they duke they duke each other out in my Facebook right. group. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So I don't think it's necessary to for us to like put the stamp of approval on any of these tools. Honestly, it's an individual personal thing. Sometimes it comes down comes down to costs. Sometimes it comes down to the features. You know, everybody has to make their own decisions. But I think. One thing that I like to do is keep tabs when I'm like in the Facebook groups on what people are liking and using and sort of, you know, quote unquote endorsing. So when it comes to EHRs, it seems to me there's a ton of options, but the top three always seem to be therapy notes, Theranest and simple practice, right? I agree. agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a good resource to plug in here is Rob Reinhardt's Tame Your Practice um, website. If you just Google that, I, I can put it in the show notes too. Um, but he's got a pretty amazing EHR review that essentially goes through from these top most common ones all the way down to some, you know, no name EHRs that I've never even heard of. Um, and he does a really nice thorough um, pros and cons list for each one of those. And he updates it, I think, I feel like all the time, every time I look, I can see it shows the last update time. So as EHRs are you know, getting better and adding more features. He um, re-reviews them, which is nice. Yeah, that's great. So I feel like if you choose between those three, you're going to be in a good place. Uh, unless you need um, to have a prescriber for your practice, then that the options open up from there, right? Yeah. Therapy Notes has a good... Does it? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I didn't know that. Um, it's, it it's doesn't allow for writing of scripts, but I don't think any EH, EHR specifically has that. I think it's all, there's mm-hmm. an add-on that most ours has an add-on um, that most people have, but therapy notes allows for billing for psychiatrists and has psychiatrist codes and psychiatrist notes that are, you know, the note That's templates great. are a little different, which is nice. Um, yeah, but I know that there's a couple other EHRs that do that have that as well. I don't know which ones though. The next one is phone systems, which everybody likes to talk about as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the top three in, in my mind are, when we're talking about top three, I'm talking about ones that are voice over IP, internet-based telephone systems that are HIPAA compliant, right? So those are kind of like the requirements and reasonably affordable. Yeah. It would be a phone.com, of course. And then 
All Call is one that I know that you really like. And a lot of people use that on your recommendation. And then also another one that seems to be really good is iPlum. That's what you use, right? I don't. I don't. Really? But that, that's one that um, Rob seems to recommend. Okay. I've been seeing iPlum pop up a lot in my um, Facebook group. So I feel like it must be something newer or something. Maybe it's not new, but whatever they've done marketing-wise, they're tapping into the therapist world. I think um, so. Because yeah, we have a couple of clients that use it and we've helped them set it up and it's they're quite happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you used them? I am still on Grasshopper actually. Are you? Which works really well and I like it and I'm hesitant to change, but at some point I will. Why? Oh, as I was say, you didn't name it as one of your top three. I don't usually recommend it because it's technically not HIPAA compliant. Yeah. Seriously? Nobody shoot me, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our places where we still need to like catch up. So it's in my risk assessment. If anybody wants to know, (laughs) (laughs) what what is it? Are you in which risk assessment? No, like the HIPAA compliance yearly risk review analysis thing you have to do. Yes. Are you through someone specifically or on your own? No, I just do it on my own based on the, what's, what's, um, what's the website I'm thinking of? He's the Uh, go-to guy. Yes. Are you talking about Roy? Yes. I said Rob. I meant Roy. <laughs> person sent a check. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I was thinking you were using his, um, he has some risk assessment tools that people Right. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't even want to. Every time I talk to him and I feel like I'm so rule, such a rule follower. This is where I'm like, Roy, I don't want to know. I <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss in this case. Although... And right. It's not. It's don't not. follow me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't follow my lead on this. Okay. So the other one to mention real quick, sorry, is uh, spruce, um, which I don't think is hundred percent ideal for group practice just because it can get very expensive, yeah. but it's an amazing suite of, of tools for messaging internally and externally as well as phones. Okay. I've heard a lot of people mention spruce. So spruce, iPlum, phone.com, all call technologies. Yes. I like it. And then in the website category, it seems like most people are using either WordPress or Squarespace, maybe a couple Wix sites thrown in there or something else. What do you, what do you think? I would, I would just put WordPress and Squarespace as the two. I don't think Wix is, unless they've upped their game in the past five years. I started with the Wix site back in 2012, but um, I know back then all the research sort of pointed to um, Wix not being the greatest when it came to search engine optimization and being placing well on on website on um, Google. So I don't know if they've kind of done better on that end or not, but I always recommend WordPress, although I know a lot of people like Squarespace as well. Definitely. I think I'll have to do some research, but I think Wix is kind of like Hyundai from the 90s. Like nobody wanted to buy a Hyundai, but now it's like a really good car. <laughs> So, yeah, I think so. Based on their advertising on my YouTube video views, yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're targeting me. They're oh, not going to get me. Oh, okay, so that, those are good. I agree. And then I think accounting software, that one's pretty easy. Most people use QuickBooks, QuickBooks mm-hmm. Online. There are some other options out there, but I think that's the one that most CPAs use and are knowledgeable about, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy one. One and done. And then there's a, a bunch of other categories that I came up with um, when I was looking at various tools that I use and like. And so 
for everyone's benefit, I actually created a downloadable PDF called Best Tools. And so it'll be in the show notes of this podcast so people can download it because we don't actually have time to go through every single category. (laughs) Yeah. But there are some other ones that I think are really helpful. Uh, Two that come to mind, and you can kind of pick if you want, but a lot of people talk about secure email, so we can chat about that. Okay. And then we can also chat about... um, a lot of people in the group seem to be asking about online course platforms for onboarding clinicians. Mm, I think okay. That could be good. And then the other one, other favorite, two favorite areas, I'm giving you like a multiple choice here, mm-hmm. is like email marketing options and then also team communication options. Okay. We'll see where we go with this. Yeah. And how much we banter. Maybe. We'll Which do. one's interesting to you? Let's start with um, email. Let's go with email for 200. Okay. <laughs> Play a little uh, software jeopardy. I would lose, just so you know, I am not good at um, any sort of games where people are watching and um, you're put on the spot. Oh, so, no. Like, Forget what is about the best EHR or what's the best um, EHR is not a good case, but what's the best email uh, software to use? I'll, I would be like, um, um, what? <laughs> I can't even think of one. What do I use? I don't know. So. <laughs> so the ones the ones that I wrote down that most people, most group practice owners seem to use are either Hushmail, Virtru, or Powbox. Did I miss any? Nope. I think those are the ones, right? Ones. I what mean, do you use? Virtru. I mean, I use G Suite's email, which is HIPAA mm-hmm. compliant within the organization. And I think that's where some people don't realize that there's a second step to it. So um, you need something that allows you to communicate within your group practice um, and email accounts within that group practice. But you also need something that is HIPAA compliant when sending um, emails outside of your organization. And that's where right. some add-on like Virtru comes in. Um, Hushmail is all in one, right? So it does both mm-hmm. of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I use, I use Virtru. What do you use? I believe actually some people use Luxi, if I'm not mistaken, too. So that oh, might be recommended. Luxi. Dude, right? I, yeah. <laughs> you, is that what you use? Yes, I use Luxi. I switched. Oh, okay. from, I used Virtru for like eight million years, um, but Virtru really got crazy expensive. Oh, okay. Mainly, not not worth it. Um, and what I didn't like, I, I what I didn't like about it was you had to download um, onto like your Chrome on your website. Or mm-hmm. have the app if you were sending emails on your phone, and you actually had to like toggle over um, that you wanted to use Virtue, so the emails uh, okay. out wouldn't automatically be HIPAA compliant. The sure. client would have to say, "Yes, I want this email to be HIPAA compliant." And what it did was it put an email, like a box inside the email that said, "Like you need to open this," and the clinic, the person who was receiving the email would have to write their um, uh, password in. So mm-hmm. it was like a lot of hoops to jump through for clients and sometimes clients wouldn't know what this was and they would delete it. But also I know clinicians would just send regular emails instead of Mm -hmm. clicking the virtue button. So last year and the price just was, um, I was grandfathered into an older price point. So it made sense for me at the time to, um, price wise, but I know, um, you know, a few years ago they started, they added like you had to, pay for the business associate agreement or something like that. And it was like a thousand dollars a year just for that. And then it was like a crazy amount per clinician. And we have some upwards of 40 people now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been insane every year to pay that. So um, we last January, so about a year ago uh, from now, we switched to Luxi. So Luxi, you should put that yeah. on. There. 
I'm going to put that on there. It's so insanely expensive. It, I, I don't know who it's worth it, uh, for unless you're, even as a solo clinician, you pay $1,000 just for right, that. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Side note, profit first, right? Everybody go look at your expenses from 2019 and see what, what software you paid for that you might not use or that you might want to switch to something else, right? And, and just asking. Um, people mm-hmm. ask for a discount. Um, Definitely. I'm not shy about every year looking and saying, you know, hey, are you guys offering anything else? You know, I've done some comparisons. Right. Part of business ownership is not, you know, picking one thing, doing the research once, and then mm-hmm. sticking with it um, without really doing your due diligence to research some other platforms or whatever. Um, sure. you know, at least once a year, new things come out, things that you wouldn't Definitely. know if you weren't looking. So, right. Yeah. But the so virtual is nice because it automatically encrypts everything that you send out without you having. Luxi. Luxi. Thank you. Luxi <laughs> um, is good because you don't have to press that thing like Virtrue where right, right. all emails are HIPAA compliant. I have one little pet, pet peeve about Hushmail. Uh-huh. I've never used it, but I interact with a lot of people that use Hushmail. And I could be mistaken, but I think every email you send from there is encrypted regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get a lot of emails that are, don't need to be encrypted that I have to then log in every single time I want to read the email to. <laughs> oh, so with Luxi, I almost yes. again, um, it automatically is HIPAA compliant, but the email looks like an email. It's not. Encrypted. Oh, that's great. Yes. <clears throat> that's um, great. Yeah. Which is nice. So um, the receiver doesn't have to do anything. They don't have mm-hmm. to put in passwords or anything like that. Um, Perfect. This goes beyond my skill level of how, how that works. You, you have to talk to someone <laughs> if you're listening, talk to uh, an email expert or call Luxi or Virtue or Hushmail and ask them how they do it. I, I just know Virtue or Luxi. I can't do this. Why do I keep calling it Virtue? We're just promoting both of them. I know. I'm not promoting Virtue. No, not promoting Virtue. I mean Luxi. Um, I, I'm not sure how it is that they are able to have it HIPAA compliant without... Sure work without the uh, receiver having to put an email in, but it, it is the case. I'll tell you what I'm excited about. Um, so, you know, I like simple practice a lot. So we use secure messaging within simple practice and that can be um, used within the team from team member to team member. And then also obviously with clients and then all the communications are in their record. Um, the one thing that's missing that I believe they're working on, I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but is a client facing, um, messaging app so that instead of what's that you must be doing this therapy notes is going to come out with this before our simple practice we'll see who, who does it first that's literally because i'm in yeah. notes uh their tech team that's, that's great that's coming out they must I think that's cool. they have to know what each other's working on and then they're like let me let me get to it first. i think they're kind of neck and neck i, I i'm pretty sure yeah <laughs> but that'll make it just so easy for clients who basically feel like they're just texting their therapist but mm-hmm. it's all secure and they don't have to log in. They don't have to put in a password, et cetera. And then it's all in the record. So all the bases are covered. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that is exciting. Yes. At so, the end of the day, like five years from now, all the EHRs are going to be at the same place, I feel like, you know? Probably so. Kind of like smartphones, right? Like all the smartphones are just about as capable. Yes, I agree. True. Right, okay. Moving on from secure email to... How about team communication? I I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. Although that one overwhelms me because there's so many options. It's true. So there's team communication and then there's like project management, right? 
And there's some, some overlap there too. What do you, I believe you use Slack for internal non-client related. You don't. No, we, um, we used to. Mm-hmm. I did not mind it. Okay. Nothing against it. Um, but because we use G Suite, again, it's one of those, you know, things. Google Chat is now HIPAA oh, compliant. Oh, right. It not be HIPAA compliant, which is why we didn't use it. And mm-hmm. now we have these really awesome um, chat. Like, look, at I even have right now a message mm-hmm. from chat from probably one of my clinicians. But it's a, a chat system and you can have little um, rooms too. So we have for our supervisors, we have like a leadership room where um, – they go in and if someone has a question leadership wise, you know, any one of us leaders can answer it. And then we have one for all the clinicians, which is nice because you can search through old um, discussions, but also, uh, so which is unlike email, you know, you delete an email after a while, the email goes away. Um, I know sometimes you can search through deleted emails, but eventually that goes away. With chat, it's almost like Facebook in a way, which is what I love as a search tool. So you don't ask the same damn question 500 times. You can see who <laughs> else asks this question and what the answer is. Sure. Uh, and like with email, you know, one person might ask you a question, uh, you know, who's a good referral for X, Y, or Z? You give it to them. And then three weeks later, someone else asks the same question, not realizing that, you know, the first person emailed you separately about this. So this chat feature is really nice. So that's what we use is Google Chat. That's really great. Yeah, I'm tempted to move a couple of the things we're doing over to Google just because if it's all under one roof and it all works together, it's kind of nice. Even they have Google Tasks as well. So they've got some sort of answer for most of those most yeah. of those things, right? That's cool. We use Quip and I've been using that for a number of years and um, we use it for document sharing. So it kind of replaces Google Drive and uh, something like Slack or Google Chat, except for the fact that it's not, you can't put clinical info info in there. So we don't. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I just want to say Airtable. Have you heard of Airtable? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my VAs use Airtable with me and I'm so surprised at how, I mean, I don't do anything with it. I just can look at it and see what they're doing. Um, but I'm always so amazed at how organized it looks and how you can attach documents into it. You can attach like, uh, um, like a, what's the word? as we were talking about how I don't edit my podcast episodes and you can hear like <laughs> live when Maureen forgets shit. You can um, put spreadsheets in there and all those things, right? But you can set like a timer so that it says it mm-hmm. countdown timer. There we go. So right. um, it does a lot of awesome things, Airtable. So that's what my VAs use with me. Yeah, there's a lot. Again, there's a lot of options out there, but for project management and as you get into group practice, there's much more things that you're, um, you know, planning and executing, whether it's community networking strategy, it's, you know, whatever it is, it's kind of helpful to have some sort of software that holds it together, allows your team to communicate with each other about projects and see where you're at. The three recommendations are uh, Airtable, Monday.com, and Asana. Those are all really good. I've heard um, a lot of good things about Asana as well. I've never used it, but definitely by far is my, is what I love. Um, Although I used Trello in the past and don't have any complaints. It's just more, that one is less intuitive. I feel like it gives less, but I think, you know, if you're a, if you're not doing, you do a lot tech wise, I like to do a lot in terms of offerings. And I feel like I have a lot of things moving in my group practice. So um, Trello wasn't a good option anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. Really managing all the different projects we have. 
Um, but I think for even for a, a smaller practice or a less techie practice, um, even Trello could be a, a nice, simple way to share a board. I think, I think so. I think so. And a lot of people really like Trello. The visual yes. way that it works makes sense for them. And it's good to use with your virtual assistant. I think any of these tools are, but certainly Trello is, and it's still free. It's still got a free plan, oh, which is, which is great. Yeah. To the two things that I, besides the EHR and the phone system, when it comes to working with a virtual assistant, I always recommend that they use some sort of either task management tool or a project management tool to just track those tasks and know when they're getting done, share details, et cetera. So we do a little bit of both. I love Todoist for task management. And I use that for my personal life and for my professional life. I use Todoist for business specifically. And that allows me to have all kinds of different projects that I can then share with individual team members and share tasks. And we do a lot of really cool stuff with that. That's awesome to do it. Yeah. How do you share tasks with your clinical supervisor, clinical director, et cetera? Uh, we have it in uh, a Google Drive. We have a shared, um, what do they call it now? I know they always change the name of it. Team, Team Drive. Okay. Drive. I mean, they change the name of it all the time, but we have a team drive that ha- um, that all of our leaders are inside of. And inside of that are um, spreadsheets that, have our kind of our monthly tasks and you can see where they're at in the process. We put little check marks on there so they click on it when they get through it. So that's, um, that's what we use for inside of the office. Um, but can you said like due dates on those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So, but outside of that, we, we use Airtable for that mm-hmm. as well. I feel like Airtable does everything, um, task management wise and project management wise. Um, with that's my, great. Mm-hmm. And then do you use any video conferencing software for your team? Like when you're not on site, do you use Zoom for that? Google Meet. Google Meet, of course, Google. <laughs> Google for everything. If I could put every, I try to use <laughs> every, all the same platforms if possible. Right. And Google just does a really good job at meeting our needs. Sure. Um, we used to use, uh, well, for with clients, we used to use, um, what is it called? It's a very common for virtual uh, virtual sessions. Oh my gosh! I'm naming. probably not probably not Skype. Not Skype. No man. Doxy, Doxy, or or VC or something like that. It's Doxy. Don't use mm-hmm. Skype, anyone. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not HIPAA compliant. Yes, Doxy is what we used to use, um, but it was kind of a pain in the butt because they only allow one free account, and then it's not financially manageable to have multiple right. accounts. Um, what's nice is Google Meet is now also HIPAA compliant. Meet and Google Chat just in the past year became HIPAA compliant. So we do that for in office and um, outside of office. If we're doing like a um, like a group meeting, um, sometimes I'll just do Zoom just because I'm so used to it. Um, because I don't see clients, I'm not using Google Meet as much. Doing one on one stuff with my clinical director or supervisor, then I'll use Google Meet because it actually syncs with your work calendars, which is really nice. Um, uh, but yeah, Google That's Meet is what we use. That's great. Use. Speaking of all things Google, I kind of, or automation, I kind of want to turn, I want to put all the lights in my entire waiting room area and, and like the kitchen on. Um, I want to make them all smart lights, right? Yeah. So that basically, and as well as the music so that yeah. you can walk in and say, 
you know, talk to your personal assistant. I don't want to say it right now because Alexa's right there. Um, <laughs> and so you could, so anybody who's opening the office could come in. Is that real? Yeah, right, exactly. And, and then say a couple words and then the whole waiting room turns on, the music clicks on. Okay. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes, it is. But isn't there, shouldn't you not have Alexa's in a waiting room? So here is my solution for that, right? So I would actually put the smart... Wait, tell people what the problem is because maybe people don't know what the problem is. Some people Right. So these smart speakers, personal assistants, whatever you want to call them, the Google Homes, the, the Echo Dots, all these kind of things, they obviously, uh, they listen for yeah. the wake word so that they can respond to people talking to them. And they can, there's like some controversy and debate about this, but they certainly can record conversations. So you don't want to put them in your therapy office, in your waiting room, et cetera. But what I would do is put it in our break room, essentially our kitchen, right? So the person opening the office would just walk into the back where we don't have client sessions and then just say the word and then the whole place would turn on, right? Mm -hmm. So you can listen in on your clinicians talking. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) From when I'm at home, I can turn on the web, turn on the camera in the corner and watch what they're doing. No. So Don't do that. <laughs> okay, but that's such a smart, you know, these, sometimes I am surprised by how outside the box I don't think. For example, with the Echo Dot. Yeah. Well, you, you, you think in a, in a really good way. You think inside the box in terms of the Google sphere. And so yeah. now you got me, you got me thinking about my, <laughs> my things. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's the fun so, part of having all these different, you know, um, softwares is. It's true. They, you know, sometimes it is worth looking at and seeing what else is out there. So I think those are the most important ones to talk about. Some of the other categories, if people want to take a look at the list, um, include things like, you know, online course platforms for putting videos, uh, you know, for onboarding your clinicians or even for putting videos on your website, mm-hmm. different tools for onboarding staff like Loom. Mm-hmm. Um and then email marketing tools, online scheduling for intake. We could certainly talk about that if you want. And then payroll, and then a couple bonus recommendations. Let's just let's let's finish up with. Um, oh my gosh, what did I, what did you just say? Payroll? No. no, the one that you said we can do that if you want. Um, probably online scheduling. Yes, online scheduling. There we go. Let's do that one, and we're going to wrap it yeah. up with that. And then. The, the element of surprise. So people go and look at your, <laughs> <laughs> your really pretty um, worksheet that you made. I'll put it in the um, show notes as well as on the podcast blog. Once it comes out, um, a link to your document with all the fun um, softwares and categories. And um, yeah, so that's awesome. Let's, let's end it with this last one then. Yeah. So I love talking about anything that allows you to automate systems and processes. And there's this, it's not a debate, so to speak, but there's this conversation that that happens a lot between basically how to handle intake calls. And do you have a live receptionist? Do you have an in-office person? Do you have a call center? Um, Or do you just, you know, call people back? How do you handle that intake flow, right? Super important because for a lot of us, that's the queen bee role to uh, drop a clockwork reference there. And so... Your upcoming podcast, by the way, which you can, um, maybe I'm, am I letting the cat out of the bag too early? No, please let it out. You're going to, I'll have you, you know, talk a little bit about that at the end, but I feel like you're really, um, you're going to do really good. 
Mm. I'm pep talking you up. Thank but you. Thank you. Like throwing in Donald Miller, Mike Clockwork, right. Profit First, check your statement, you know, all of that stuff. So much fun things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why, the, so the problem is that for the longest time, it's been difficult for people looking for a therapist to get a hold of the therapist, right? And um, we're, we're well known for not responding to phone calls. Somebody just told me the other day that they, um, one of the clients that came to their practice had called 40 practices, right? Probably mostly solo practices. And they had gotten like two phone calls back. So we know it's a problem. We want to make sure, this is a passion of mine, is to make sure I can make it as easy as possible for clients to find the right therapist, right? Mm-hmm. So that informs good marketing, that informs doing everything we can to be found. And then once we're found, how to connect the potential client and the therapist as quickly as possible. So we don't have live receptionists. Uh, I do use my own virtual assistants to support my group practice. So we do callbacks. But about eight, about 10 months ago, we integrated online scheduling for the initial intake call, not online scheduling for the initial appointment, but just for that phone call to match the potential client with the therapist, right? And we've seen a lot of good results uh, to that, uh, including higher percentage of people showing up for the intake call and a higher percent of conversions overall. So I have to write up a case study on this because I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. But essentially what it looks like is people go to the contact page. They're directed to the contact page on the website. And then there's a button that allows them to click and see a calendar. Most people have seen these types of things, right? With Calendly or Acuity, Schedule Once, those type of things. And they can then schedule a time to talk to the intake coordinator. And then it's confirmed. And then there's reminder emails. And it just sets up things really nicely to have that conversation. So this is something that would be particularly useful for practices that don't have someone answering live. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yes, there's different ways to do this too. So you could have live answer. It depends on how you're set up, right? So you could have somebody that's kind of the receptionist that's answering calls, but is not doing the intake calls. And then there's a handoff. So you could still use an online scheduler for that purpose. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. Okay. Yeah. So is there specific platforms that you find helpful for this? My favorite one is Schedule Once. I've used that for about four or five years. Um, a lot of people really like Acuity as well. That's what I use. Uh, do you? Yeah. Practice Exchange, yeah. Right, right. It's really nice. And then we integrate that with the website. Most of them do that quite nicely. And so that, especially if you are in that sort of transition period where your referrals are increasing, there's maybe becoming a high call volume, um, but you don't quite have the resources or you haven't quite jumped to say a, like a full-time office assistant or something like that. It's a nice in-between measure. Yeah. I love that. That's a great, great idea because I think many of our listeners are in that um, newer growth stage or are just a practice that's, you know, 10 people and under where they might not necessarily need 10 clinicians or under where they might not necessarily need someone in-house answering the phones live all the time. So that's a great way to increase conversions and just make sure that 
clients are being called back and that clients also feel like or potential clients feel like they have some control because it's one thing to not have someone not answer and then go through 40 people just Mm -hmm. wanting someone to respond. And it's another thing to not get the phone answered, but have a confirmed appointment schedule where you feel like I'm I'm going somewhere with this because those are two different things. So I can see how there can be a sense of, um, you know, uh, potential clients feeling like they can maybe stop their search for a moment mm-hmm. because they know that there's going to be a callback. Whereas when you leave a voicemail, um, I can imagine that after the first five or six voicemails you leave and not getting a return call, that it can get exhaustive and, you know, that you don't, there's this sense like, I don't know if anyone's going to call me back. So that's a great alternative. I love that. I call that a completed action. So somebody wakes up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m. in the morning, and they are in crisis of some sort. And they can't call anybody and get anybody on the phone. But if they can go to your website and schedule a call, they could feel just a little bit of relief from, like you said, taking that next step. So I think that that's good. And then one quick tip on that is on the outgoing uh, message, say after hours, right? You can say on that message, please go, if this is after hours, please go to our website and schedule a call um, at a convenient time for you. So then you direct them to go to that place to complete the action. That's perfect. Yeah. So tell people, um, how they can find you. Tell them a little bit about your podcast coming out. Cause I think that's true. Sure. All that fun stuff. <laughs> I'm joining the cool kids. <laughs> so, um, everybody can go to productivetherapist.com and all of our free resources are at productivetherapist.com slash free. Just so you know, the master list that you have, I'm sorry. I'm oh yes. I swear that's probably the most um, the most common thing that I'm sending out out of all that's things. Great. I, I probably recommend that more than I recommend my own episodes of things. I'm like, <laughs> go to the master list. Go to the master list. That's why I created it. Just, just, yeah. There's a lot of good resources for group practice owners out there. We just have to be connected to the right the right ones. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So next month in February, I'm launching the Productive Therapist Podcast, which is all about quick tips for automation, delegation, and outsourcing. That's so exciting. So in February, and please make sure once it's um, coming out to let me know in in Facebook, send me a message so that I can put it in in the group as well. Or if you want to put it in the group, feel free to. Um, You can do that as well. But I'm really excited to hear this. You said it's going to be nice quick tips related to questions that people have about VAs, automation, right. all that fun stuff. Right. That's yeah, I've decided, that I've decided that the Productive Therapist is not a VA company. It's a lifestyle design company. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> I, love it. I love it. That's awesome. Well, good luck with that. And thank, thank you. you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is fun. Before we started recording, I was like, assuming this was the second time I've had you on because I feel like you and I have had so many different points of connection. Right. But, um, we can do a round two for sure. Oh, seriously. I was like, wait, wait, this is literally your first time coming on here. I don't know how it took us this long. So I'm glad, awesome. I'm glad to have gotten you on and I'm glad to see your face again. It's been a while and um, I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks Maureen. Bye. Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting. They're an accounting firm that works specifically with mental health practices, both solo and group. And they do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. And on top of that, they can help you set up your Profit First systems. So if you're thinking of using Profit First or currently use them, go to Green Oak Accounting and check them out. You can check them out at www.greenoakaccounting.com. Mention the Group Practice Exchange and get $100 off your first month. 
Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time.